Rewind is brought to you by Press Play to Continue and recorded in the great city and state of Austin, Texas, also known as the live music capital of the world. It is written, produced, and edited by me, Corey Latimer. Now, if you'd like to show your support by keeping Press Play to Continue weird, head on over to my Patreon at pressplaytocontinue slash patreon.com. I sincerely thank you for your time, your love, and your generosity of showing me. Let's me know I'm actually going down the right path in life. Thank you. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, my fellow companions, compadres, dystopian figures in today's society on such a eerie planet we live on nowadays. Whoa, I just pulled that out of the air. <laughs> Welcome back, people. This is episode 22, Press Play to Continue Rewind. I'm your host, Corey Latimer, and... Today, I really want to talk about the idea behind Konami and Kojima, the quarrel between such a, an elite company at one time in the gaming industry and then an elite game designer throughout history. And yeah, I just think Konami really screwed the pooch on this one with Kojima. (laughs) What a lot of people don't realize is it takes an incomprehensible amount of work to develop a game. Now, in 2020, you could even make the case it takes longer to develop than the next blockbuster hit, you know. Um, But Konami is, or let me rephrase, was a powerhouse within the gaming industry. You have games like Castlevania, Silent Hill, and, of course, the fan-favorite Metal Gear Solid series. To justify such a dubious act between Konami and Kojima is eccentric at best, really. Hideo Kojima is a mastermind in his own right of gaming and creating, I think. And take, for example, like the opening sequence to Metal Gear Solid on the original PlayStation, right? He captured the audience or in this case, the gamer, right away with his stylized theatrical spin on a video game. Back in September 3rd of 1998, when the game was initially released, your mind was completely blown. Just by how everything was like looking and like the graphics were just, man, like you never seen anything before it, you know? And, or, the, you know, like the first time you use your codec and you see Otacon briefing you on your first mission. course now that is such an antiquated notion let's just say the game hasn't aged all that well visually speaking anyways but uh back then man back in 1998 uh it was like the new evolution i guess in the sense of gaming which i mean it was it really was so but just like the the actual definition behind the word quarrel 
uh, reads as followed. I just wanted to give you some insight on that if people were misunderstood or misunderstood, like mistook the word quarrel. Um, but it's an angry argument or disagreement typically between people who are usually on good terms. And I have been in that predicament quite often as of late. But that's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Konami and Kojima worked together for almost 30 years, you know, before things were brought to an appalling halt. Uh, you unfortunately will probably never see another Hideo Kojima Metal Gear Solid game happen anytime soon. It's just not going to happen. One, being that Konami still owns all the major IPs, uh, like I just mentioned uh, earlier, uh, Castlevania and as well as Silent Hill. And there, I think there's even like a pro evolution soccer game series that they got going on too. And actually, another great title that they... Uh, that they developed, and I even I wasn't even aware of this for like the longest time, uh, but I think I was listening to a particular podcast, and they brought it to my attention was uh, they they made the Ninja Turtle game, one of the Ninja Turtle games, I think one of my favorites actually on uh, the, the the original Nintendo. Uh, so I think that's pretty cool, but it does suck. It's just like how everything is like unfolding. Um, it's unfortunate for Konami, anyways, and for unfortunately for the damn consumers. I mean, it's no good because Konami has pretty much veered into a different direction within the company itself. There's P- Pachinko, I think. I, yeah, Pachinko Machines and the mobile market is to keep uh, Konami developing lackluster content. Essentially, what that means for the most part is Konami has given up on console-based games. Why? Cost it's pretty much easy to see more of a quick profit in the mobile market than any game console would do. And that, I mean, that is the truth. Um, you can just spit out, you know, mobile games. Probably, I don't even know how many you could do a day if you have a huge corporation just spitting them out, but I'm sure that's what Konami's doing now. I haven't really looked at the, the data within all that, but I'm sure they have a plethora uh, of mobile games now in the, now out in the market. You know, I actually... Another thing, I just, I think, uh, was it, I think it was last week or the week before, but they released um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. That's one of my favorite Castlevania games that was uh, originally on the PlayStation, but they put that on the on your cell phone. I am curious uh, how it plays. Uh, I might have to buy that because it only hurts like four bucks on the iOS stores if you have an Apple, Apple phone. But anyways, moving on. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much what it amounted to. Why the major shift with Konami was the fact of cost. I mean, they weren't really seeing a big return within, you know, console-based games, like I just mentioned. And uh, another thing, too, uh, they're actually classified now, Ko- uh, Konami, is under a Japanese entertainment and gambling conglomerate company. So, yeah. There you go. I guess uh, apparently there's a lot more money in gambling. Clearly. Why else would you change your shift all of a sudden, you know? So that's where pachinko machines come into play. What are they? They're pretty much Japanese slot machines. I, for one, have never played it. Uh, But according to Google, it's a low-tier form of gambling. So what happened to Konami, you, you might ask? It's simple, really. Kojima. Kojima happened. When Kojima left Konami, he created his own studio called Kojima Productions. When he left, he took many top-tier developers that were 
you know, within Konami's confines and ultimately made, like I just said, Kojima Productions. Another thing, too, they just recently developed a game that I very much admire, and uh, it's pretty pretty uh, dystopian-related. Um, what is it? Well, let me enlighten you. <laughs> the game Death Stranding is it's pretty much like an, an event that kicked off the game's apocalyptic world as if it exists today. Kind of eerie sounding, right? Uh, what's really eerie, I'm about to get to in, a, in just a brief second, but the human population has been decimated within the game. And so pretty much, you, in a sense, you're a delivery guy trying to keep America afloat and trying to reconnect them, in a sense, during this particular crisis that they're going through, you know, delivering supplies, hospital equipment, and food. Much like what I'm doing today, right now. Not not exactly right now, because I'm doing a damn podcast, but when I'm up with FedEx, it's just... And now with the, the uh, COVID-19. That's insane how we had that foresight to develop a game that is pretty much now a uh, day-to-day for everybody. <laughs> Isn't that intense? That game, I still need to beat it. I haven't beaten it yet, but it is very interesting and very bizarre. I mean, that's what Kojima's known for, though, his different perspectives on games. You don't, you don't see a lot of Kojima games, I mean, because clearly... It's, you know, Kojima making them only. <laughs> but now, I mean, uh, Kojima Productions is now bought by uh, Sony Entertainment. And many remember the perplexing conflict back in 2015 when Konami banned Kojima from making an appearance at E3. Now, E3 is like a big video game conference that's, you know, held every year, sometime in the summertime. I think it's like in June or July, but... Unfortunately, this year, um, it's canceled, much like everything else is. Uh, But yeah, uh, Konami banned Kojima from making an appearance at E3 uh, back in 2015. And this is so petty. That's probably the best word for it. Uh, What Konami did is they secretly removed Hideo Kojima's name from Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, his last entry into the Metal Gear Solid series. Are you kidding me? The, the game's creator, you, you removed the name? Oh, okay. <laughs> Konami? What the hell? So yeah, I mean, Konami drastically switched their strategy to a mobile-first approach and also canceled the infamous Silent Hills, or better known as PT, which is an acronym for Playable Teaser, starring Norman Reedus as the protagonist, because that too had an affiliation with uh, Kojima, unfortunately. And also, Guillermo Guillermo del Toro, I think I'm saying that correctly. (laughs) I'm I'm telling you, I'm terrible with names. But um, yeah, it's just off in Neverland now. I have it. Uh, I was fortunate enough to own a PlayStation 4 very early on, and I have the original PlayStation 4. So, yeah, I still have the playable teaser. You cannot, you cannot download it on, 
on your PlayStation anymore. You just can't. It's uh, Konami just took it off the storefront. So if you download it early on, your PlayStation 4 could be worth something one day. That's what I'm hoping for anyways, because I own it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there's following major power struggles, and Konami stated that Kojima was taking a long time off work. So that sucks. Uh, I don't see Kojima being that kind of guy. Really? I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a cop-out type of a response. Uh, if they were actually whoever inquired about Kojima to Konami. You know, another thing, too, I, I think it's just all in patterns at this point. But, yeah, Kojima turned turn it around once he left Ko, uh, Konami back in 2015, 2016. And then he came out with Death Stranding a couple years later. I don't think he would be the one that would take off a lot of time for work. I don't know. That's just me speculating. Another thing, too, a lot of the senior staff actually within Konami is now essentially working as contractors. They're not permanent employees anymore. And also changing Kojima Productions. This is another thing, too. They changed the name Kojima Productions into Number 8 Production Studios. I mean, what is that about? Why? Why Why do you mess with their creative flow and creative thought process? I, I'll never understand that about Konami. I really won't. But I'm sure this was the final nail in the coffin for Kojima. I... You don't do that to your best employee. I'm just sorry. That's not how I would run a company. But then again, I don't really own my own company other than what I'm trying to develop now, maybe into a company one day. So who knows? But it's like saying to your ex, I don't like you anymore, but I still have some love on the weekends, huh? How does that sound? What were they thinking, honestly? So, yeah, I mean... Because of Konami's ignorance on how to deal with an employee properly, we see a Hideo Kojima acrimonious departure, which sucks. And according to a report by Kotaku East, Konami's relationship with its employees has only soured over the past few years, but has become Orwellian. Uh, the report also alleges that the culture at the corporation's video game divisions Famous for its console games, worsened around 2010 when a mobile title called Dragon Collection, never heard of that, I have no idea what that is, became a smash hit in the mobile market, apparently. I guess over there in Japan, uh, I don't know, but I, I've never, I, I, I would consider myself a pretty prolific gamer, and I've never heard of Dragon Collection before, so you can tell that. It's really nothing over here in America. Um, I'm curious now. I'm going to have to go look at it later after I get done with this podcast. But Dragon Collection. Interesting. But like I mentioned earlier, Konami's corporate bosses shifted the company's focus away from traditional hardcore games and turned their focus on cheaper and potentially more lucrative social titles. You know, I, I understand the shift in focus the company was making especially in a country where mobile gaming has exploded in popularity, sure. What I don't fully understand is how anybody else can still actually work at Konami. So allegedly, the report also states that 
employees leaving the company's office during their lunch break or having their absences monitored within time cards. Sounds like FedEx. (laughs) Because that's what we do. We use time cards. You know, those who stay out too long. Here's another thing, too. Those who, uh, within uh, the, the actual Kotaku report, but yeah, those who stay out too long are having their names announced throughout the company. I, I can just imagine, like, uh, Gary, <laughs> like, at the end of their shift or whatever, they're like, Gary took way too long with his lunch today. He ate his chips really slow, and that sandwich only had a few things of meat on it and uh, maybe a tomato slice. Shouldn't take you no longer than 12 minutes, but you did it for 15. It sounds like there's like a lot of micromanaging going on around at Konami. Ugh, that I cannot stand micromanaging. And I don't think a lot of people can stand it, honestly, but... I mean, it is what it is at this point. But I think, honestly, another thing, too, is Kojima made the absolute right decision into moving on and making his own company, which is amazing because he brought Death Stranding to the table, like I just mentioned earlier. Yeah, I just that's insane to me. Uh, Another thing, too, is that... There's another report, sorry, that indicates that there are cameras in the office corridors that are not there for security purposes anymore, but rather to monitor the movement of Konami's own employees. Also, the Konami game developers who aren't seen as useful assets are reassigned to jobs as security guards or cleaning staff at the company's fitness levels or roles at the pachinko slot machine factories. What? I'd be livid. I would be absolutely livid. Especially if you get hired on as an actual developer or a director for the game or an art director or whatever. Having to drop such to a low tier level within the company, I'd be like, no, I'm getting out. I'm going to go work for Rockstar. I'm going to go work for EA. No, I don't think I could work for EA because they're... They're not the greatest company either. <laughs> but it is what it is, once again. So, that I mean, that's pretty much all I had on this particular quarrel I wanted to bring to your attention, my audience. Um, just one, I found it super interesting, and I, I figured this would be a great time to share it, the story itself, because you don't really hear about stuff like this especially so something so talked about within the gaming industry anyways. Um, once again, Press Play to Continue Rewind is not only a game-centric podcast. I mean, there's other, other entities within uh, Rewind, but I figured I'd go into the gaming direction this time. Not necessarily talk about even a video game. It was just more of the actual situation at hand between Konami and um, top-tier developer... Hideo Kojima. It's just, it's pretty insane to me. And I probably a lot of people don't even realize about this story. But when, I don't know. I like to keep tabs more on this particular uh, aspect <laughs> as opposed to politics. Even though I have discussed politics before in the past. But I don't know. This just is more stimulating to me. More intriguing. 
uh, if you will. But just a few more things I wanted to finish off with before I sign off. I don't know if I thanked you before, but I will <laughs> in a little bit. I, I'll just say now, thank you for tuning in. Seriously. Always, 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 always. But to conclude with all this, there's other things, too, that are just just bizarre. Like, this includes... There's another thing, too. Yeah, what those top-tier developers at Konami does not find useful. This doesn't only include junior associates, but also producers who have worked on well-known titles in the past. So I can imagine, like, Konami being like, just going to just walking into Kojima's office and like, hey man, I know you're working like on the next big game right now, but I really need you to go wash some like bathroom stalls for me. Just like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, if you could do that for me. And then you get back to your game. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's not what happened, but it's definitely quite possible, you know, from uh, this particular Kotaku report. And it's just. Interesting that a company that it was once so admired has now crumbled into a corporation that doesn't care about their own fan base anymore. They had such a huge fan base. Man, like Castlevania had has and still has such a huge following. One, I don't have it. Netflix has a major series going on with Castlevania. It looks great from the pictures I've seen online, but I don't ha- I've never seen it. But it sounds amazing, especially if Netflix picks it up. But Netflix picks up anything, I've heard. (laughs) But they profit somehow. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's terrible to see that a company that was so well sought after is just, they're in dire straits now with their fan base. No loyalty anymore. You know, we haven't seen, well, we have. It was called Metal Gear Survive. Uh, and that received the reception on that particular game is terrible, terrible ratings, of course, especially after because Kojima he he left the company, so it only made sense. But anyways, now I do want to give you my thank yous because I honestly do mean them every time I say this, and uh, thank you. Seriously, I don't know how. <laughs> I, I don't know how else heartfelt I can be, but other than just saying directly to each and every one of you that are listening and tuning in on a weekly, still, I appreciate that fact. I honestly do. So, uh, I also, I just want to want to wrap it up with, I do hope you find some sort of solidarity within the confines of this podcast because... It means a lot when I get that particular perspective on it from my audience, you know, um, as opposed to being like, oh, well, another thing, too, within Rewind uh, is I want to be insightful, I think, first and foremost, which I, I think I've accomplished. But I also want to dwell off into the comedic side of things. And I kind of open that up on a few episodes, I feel like mainly my Patreon episode <laughs> where I got real weird. But <laughs> if you haven't listened to that, you're in for a treat. It's only like 10 minutes long, but uh, go enjoy that particular episode because uh, pretty sure <laughs> I was, I was uh, 
having my fair share of cocktails that night. Yeah, it was a good time. Clearly, I was having a great time because <laughs> I made it into a 10-minute podcast. But um, I don't know. Uh, I do want to say, uh, once again, I appreciate you tuning in. There's nothing more to say other than thank you. Always thank you. And uh, be kind. And rewind. Thank you. Rewind. As a product of Press Play to continue, the show is produced by me, Corey Latimer. You can find me on Instagram at Corey with an E-Y and my Snapchat, C-O-R-E underscore L-A-T-I-028. As you know, all things Press Play to Continue are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash pressplay to continue. I'm internally grateful for your time, your love, and your support. Thank you. Sorry, but you're going to have to go back and shoot another set. I'll just make a backup of this one.